Welcome to the Pleasant Green Missionary Baptist Church Sunday School lesson for Sunday, October 22nd, 2023. I'm Reverend Mary Tillman, an associate minister at Pleasant Green, and I will be your presenter of today's lesson. We're still in the fall quarter, and our fall quarter study is God's Law is Love. We're in Unit 2, the theme, Faith Triumphs, Law Fails. This is lesson number four in unit two. The lesson title in the Townsend Press Sunday School Commentary is The Superiority of the Gospel. And in the Faith Pathway Bible Studies for Adults, the lesson title is All or Nothing at All. Our devotional reading, Ephesians chapter 1, verses 3 through 14. Our background scripture Galatians 3, 1 through 18. And our print passage, Galatians 3, 1 through 14. Our key verse is Galatians 3, verse number 2. From the NIV Bible, it reads, I would like to learn just one thing from you. Did you receive the Spirit by the works of the law or by believing what you heard? The unifying lesson principle Whenever we try to make positive changes in our lives, there is a tendency for us to be pulled back into old habits. How can we embrace change when it is in our best interest? With faith in Jesus Christ, we are strengthened in our resolve to embrace new and better possibilities and promises. Let us pray. Father God, we thank you for an opportunity to again study your word to understand how important it is for us to give you our all, not part of us, but all of us, not some of the time, but all of the time. For our lesson title sums it up by saying, all or nothing at all. We surrender to you today. We pray for understanding so that we may practice that which we have learned. It is in Jesus' name that we pray. Amen. Our lesson introduction. These lessons consider the role of God's law as it relates to faith in Christ. The lessons focus on New Testament texts that radically reinterpret the significance of the Mosaic law for those who love Christ and respond in faith. New Testament writings reinforce the gospel teaching that faith in Christ brings justification, while the law which we are unable to observe satisfactorily, does not. This week, we are continuing in Unit 2 entitled, Faith Triumphs, Law Fails, which draws from Paul's epistles to both the Romans and the Galatians to contrast the inability of the law to provide justification with a promise of justification by faith. This week's lesson looks at Paul's plea for the Galatian believers to hold fast to faith in Christ and not revert to law-keeping for justification. So get your Sunday school book, your Bible, your pen and notepad, and follow along as we go forward with this wonderful lesson. Let's get started. The title of our lesson is All or Nothing at All. There are three questions to consider. One, why did Paul call the Galatians foolish and bewitched? Question number two, why was Abraham credited with righteousness? 
And question number three, why is it critically important that the church teach the doctrines of justification and sanctification as biblically presented? Let's look at the lesson's biblical context. This week's lesson continues in the book of Galatians. Galatians is one of the 13 letters written by the Apostle Paul to Gentile Christians and laborers in the ministry. Paul's Damascus Road experience transformed him from Christianity's chief enemy to its greatest missionary. Paul's post-conversion ministry grew Christianity from a Palestinian Jewish movement into one encompassing and including many Jews and Gentiles within the Roman Empire. Paul organized and planted many churches in the city of Galatia, and now he was in a position where he had to defend the gospel he had shared during that process. The success he had gained among the churches was now under attack. False teachers and unbelievers had penetrated Galatia with untruths and misrepresentations. The false teachers opposed Paul's message and had successfully reverted some converts to a religion that sanctioned Jewish traditions and the Jewish style of worship. The Galatians were being told they had to observe the law and adhere all of its harsh authoritative rules and regulations. Paul's purpose in writing this epistle was to counter false teachers determined to sabotage the doctrine of justification by faith. As was mentioned in last week's lesson, Paul had a meeting with the leaders of the Jerusalem church. The men formally agreed that Gentile Christians should not follow the law, ignoring the consensual degree of the Jerusalem council, as we read in Acts chapter 15 verses 23 through 29. False teachers spread the deceptive teaching that Gentiles must convert to Judaism and submit to the Mosaic law before becoming Christians. This epistle addresses a controversial question among the first generation of Christians. Did one have to convert to Judaism before he or she could become a Christian? Appalled by the Galatians' acceptance of this dangerous heresy, Paul wrote this letter to defend justification by faith and warned the churches of the spiritually damaging consequences of abandoning this essential doctrine. Jewish legalists called Judaizers relentlessly infiltrated churches Paul planted, attempting to undermine his teachings. The Galatians were now free but halted between two opinions. We see Paul's insistence that salvation was received by faith in Christ by Jews and Gentiles. Paul addresses those who have turned away from the gospel and have believed that they must perform works of the law to be justified. The aims for this week's lesson, to understand that we are not justified by following the law, to acknowledge that spiritual growth relies more on faith than on works, and to convey to others the message that Christianity is about more than following rules. There are three lesson outlines in the Adult Pathway Sunday School book. 
I will share two key points from each of these outlines and expound some on each of them. The first outline is use your head, Galatians chapter 3 verses 1 through 5. Our second outline is look to your spiritual father, Galatians 3 verses 6 through 9. And the third outline, look to Christ, Galatians 3 chapter 10 through 14. Let's begin our analysis of the biblical text with the first lesson outline. Outline number one, use your head. We'll find that in Galatians 3, verses 1 through 5. As you will recall from last week's lesson in Galatians chapter 2, Paul declared the only way to become right with God was through faith in Jesus Christ, not the Mosaic law. Paul had labored and preached the message of righteousness by faith and not by works. His message told of how God freely extends grace and mercy. He explained how the death of Jesus on the cross had liberated them from the penalty of sin. And now it appeared as if much of what he had preached was for naught. Sometimes we feel that way about our children, don't we? We do all we can to teach them and bring them up the right way. And we think it went in one ear and out the other. But Paul expresses his passion and disappointment. In chapter 3 in this week's lesson, Paul presented three logical arguments of truth, proving the message of righteousness by faith and not by works to be true. Paul began his first argument with a direct and harsh tone, beginning with verse 1, and it reads, You foolish Galatians! Who has bewitched you? Before your very eyes, Jesus Christ was clearly portrayed as crucified. Paul accused the Galatians as being foolish, as if someone had foolishly bewitched or lured them into embracing a doctrine declaring Christ's death unnecessary. It appeared to Paul that they were under a spell. In this context, Foolish means spiritually dull or lack of obedience. As we just read in verse 1b, Paul's preaching of Christ and him crucified had been so effective that the Galatians could almost see or visualize him on the cross. Yet, they had allowed the Judaizers to divert their eyes from Christ back to the law. They had allowed the false doctrines to alter their thinking and transform their actions. For Paul, this was a serious issue. Key point number one, we must be aware of false teachers and false doctrine creeping into our churches. As a result of this false teaching, they had been made to believe that the message preached by Paul was a fallacy and that it was not to be trusted. The Galatians had received the good news and believed. Not only had they believed, but they were doing great work for the Lord that had nothing to do with the law. Paul was making the point that salvation is by grace, not the law. So what happened? A distraction from false teachers, false teaching, had captivated their attention and drove them back to an old path that endorsed slavery over freedom. 
False teachers take on many forms, but some attributes are common. For example, their messages do not coincide with the scriptures. They distort the word to validate their intent. They deceive others. They prey upon the weak and entice with showmanship and the message is I, eloquent speech, and many tricks that they perform rather than focusing on Jesus. They are people pleasers with words that tickle the ear. The Bible speaks of us having itching ears and only wanting to hear what we want to hear to justify our own wrongdoings. Key point number two, beware of those who teach against the doctrine of faith in Jesus Christ. That is why it is important that we remain steadfast in our study of the Word of God. After learning they were foolishly listening to the false teachers and Judaizers, Paul asked them four rhetorical questions to redirect them to faith alone as the only path to salvation. He did this to refocus them and to help them reassess what they had been taught about salvation by faith as we read in the following verses, beginning with verse 2. I would like to learn just one thing from you. Did you receive the Spirit by the works of the law or by believing what you heard? Verse number 3, are you so foolish? After beginning by means of the Spirit, are you now trying to finish by means of the flesh? Verse 4, have you experienced so much in vain, if it really was in vain? Verse 5 says, So again I ask, Does God give you his spirit and work miracles among you by the works of the law or by your believing what you heard? My, my, my. First, Paul asked them if at any time of their conversion they received the Holy Spirit by faith or by works of the law. That's in verse 2. Paul asked if they were foolish enough to believe if their new life began by faith that they would have to obtain spiritual maturity by keeping the law. That's in verse 3. Next, Paul directed them to look back on the persecution they experienced as new Christians in the region of Galatia. That's verse 4. Finally, Paul asked them to reflect on the divine miracles performed among them in verse 5. It should have been clear to them that the source of these miracles was God and not the law. By asking these questions, Paul hoped to get the Galatians to focus again on Christ as their faith's true foundation and author. Christ has to be the author and the finisher of our faith. Outline number two. Look to your spiritual father, and we'll find this in Galatians 3, verses 6 through 9. Paul's second argument against the Judaizers' false teachings and the Galatians' gullibility included pointing them back to Abraham, the spiritual father of Jewish and Gentile Christians. Verse 6 reads, So Abraham believed God, and it was credited to him as righteousness. Verse 7 says, Understand then that those who have faith are children of Abraham. 
Paul is showing that the real children of Abraham are those who have faith, not those who keep the law. Abraham himself was saved by faith as noted in Genesis chapter 15 verse 6 which reads, Abraham believed the Lord and he credited it to him as righteousness. Key point number one, all believers in every age and from every nation share Abraham's blessing. Paul referred to Abraham who was the esteemed patriarch of the Jewish community. Abraham, the father of the faithful, believed God and believed in God long before the law of Moses. How then could the law be used to justify his salvation? This proves the law does not impact humanity's ability to be saved. Verses 8 and 9 say, Scripture foresaw that God would justify the Gentiles by faith and announced the gospel in advance to Abraham. All nations will be blessed through you. Verse 9 says, So those who rely on faith are blessed along with Abraham, the man of faith. Key point number two. Faith is the determiner and the mark of a faithful Christian. Abraham's life demonstrates that God's justification is faith-based, not law-based. Paul used this analogy to show that believers are children of Abraham and that because they believe, they are justified. Remember the song, Abraham had many sons, Father Abraham had many sons, many sons. Father Abraham, I am one of them and so are you. So let's just praise the Lord. Outline number three, look to Christ. Galatians 3 Verses 10 through 14. Key point number one. Christ has redeemed us from the curse of the law. Verse 10 reads, For all who rely on the works of the law are under a curse as it is written. Cursed is everyone who does not continue to do everything written in the book of the law. Verse 11. Clearly, no one who relies on the law is justified before God because the righteous will live by faith. And verse 12, the law is not based on faith. On the contrary, it says, the person who does these things will live by them. Verse 13, Christ redeemed us from the curse of the law by becoming a curse for us, for it is written, Cursed is everyone who is hung on a pole. Verse 14. He redeemed us in order that the blessing given to Abraham might come to the Gentiles through Christ Jesus, so that by faith we might receive the promise of the Spirit. In his third and final argument, Paul used Christ's work on the cross to conclude his case. First, He proved the futility of relying on the law and for those who do are under a curse as we read in verses 10 and 11. The Judaizers taught that the law could justify sinners but Paul proved that it could only condemn them as we read in verse 12. Quoting Deuteronomy 27 verse number 26, Paul revealed 
that the law demanded perfection and essentially cursed those who failed to achieve it. Breaking only one of the laws made one guilty of breaking all of them. Those who try to receive God's favor through the deeds of the law are brought into condemnation when they break it. Since all breach the law at some point, all are condemned by the law. Being justified by works is an impossibility. Whosoever shall keep the whole law and yet offend in one point, he is guilty in all. That's James chapter 2, verse number 10. Key point number two. God has provided a redemptive plan for our salvation. God has established a more perfect way of obtaining justification. We can escape the curse and regain the favor of God through faith in Christ, who has redeemed us from the curse of the law. Faith is the prerequisite for salvation. The promise of life is received only through faith and not in the observance of the law. In fact, the law does not require faith. Jesus was our sacrificial lamb. He was perfect, without sin, and his perfection made him the perfect sacrificial lamb. He was treated as if he was a criminal. The nature of his death was likened to the death of one who was guilty of committing the most violent of criminal acts. Christ took the law's curse upon himself, put it on his shoulders, marched up Golgotha's hill and hung on the cross for you and for me. He hung until heaven got the news and the world got dark. He cried out, it is finished. The curse has been broken and the gateway to salvation has been opened to everyone who believes. The only condition is that we accept Christ's death, burial, and resurrection as a means to be saved. Jesus took our sins when he hung upon a tree. He volunteered to die a grueling, painful, and shameful death so that we might be saved. Romans 10 and 9 in the NIV says, If you declare with your mouth, Jesus is Lord, and believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead, you will be saved. In summary, Jesus' sacrificial death was so the blessing of Abraham might come on the Gentiles through Jesus Christ, that all who believed in Christ, whether Jews or Gentiles, might become heirs of Abraham's blessing and particularly of that great promise of the Spirit. Our closing thought and question, thank God that Christ redeemed us from the law's curse. The question, what is your understanding of the essential doctrine of justification by faith and sanctification? I hope you got a thought from the lesson today, recognizing that we must believe and have faith in Jesus Christ and declare with our mouth that Jesus is Lord, and believe in our heart that God raised Jesus from the dead, knowing this and believing this, we shall be saved. Let us pray. Father God, we come with thanksgiving, praise, and adoration for a lesson to help us understand that we owe it all to you for the price that Jesus paid on Calvary 
We give you our all. We surrender all to you for all to you we owe. We thank you for the Apostle Paul's letter to remind us that it is through faith that we can receive eternal life. God, we love you. We thank you. In Jesus' name, amen.